Welcome to The Liberating Secret with your host, author and teacher, Sylvia Pierce. The Liberating Secret is dedicated to revealing the mystery of the gospel, which is Christ in you, the only hope of glory. Let's join Sylvia Pierce for today's lesson. Welcome to The Liberating Secret. My name is Sylvia Pierce. I'm here again today, so and I'm so thankful that you're with me. Thank you for joining us. I'm, go I'm doing a presentation called What is Man? Last time I probably gave the most important lesson of my life, and it, it, I continue to give this lesson, which is the whole meaning of the cross, what really happened when Jesus died. And of course, it's Easter time here in uh, while I'm doing this video and radio. So, um, so maybe, uh, hopefully, if, if you have missed any of these programs, you can find these programs on spiritbroadcasting.net or uh, cross.tv. You'll be able to find all these programs there in video. If some of you are listening to it on the radio um, and you would like to see the video, then you can get these videos on cross.tv or spiritbroadcasting.net. Or you can email me and I will send you one of these little chart booklets because look, I have a little small chart booklet that would be really handy to put in the back of your Bible to use as reference because it certainly has all the scriptures that I'm bringing out. Now, what have I been talking about? What is the most important lesson of the liberating secret? It's the cross and the deliverances that, uh, the, that Jesus um, purchased with his own blood and body and purchased for us freely by, by the love of God. The love of God poured everything that we were before we knew uh, the Lord, which is a satanic nature, poured that inside of Jesus so that, he, so that he would die and in his death be delivered from that nature, therefore delivering us. So therefore, salvation is a deliverance. And um, I always like to say, and this next chart we're going to do is chart 14. There are two deliverances available at the cross. And I said it before, the blood and the body. So I'm going to give you some of the what we're delivered from. And uh, let me read you this chart. Through the blood of Christ, we have deliverance from the fruit of sin, which, is, which are sins, S-I-N-S. Reconciliation makes us accepted by canceling the debt. We no longer owe a debt. We owe a debt. Sin owes a debt. But Jesus paid the price that I deserve to pay. And if I did pay it, I would go to hell. But since he paid it for me, I freely take it by faith, and it's freely mine. And justification, and I love Billy, I think Billy Graham brought this out years ago. He said, justification is just as if I had never sinned. Wow, that's how cleansed we are from sins. Just as if I'd never sinned, just like I'm a virgin. Actually, the Bible in 1 Corinthians says, I, I want to present you as a pure virgin, sinless, you see. And we're forgiven of all of our sins. Whatever you've done, whatever horrible thing that you've done in the past, maybe you haven't thought it's so horrible, but even self-righteousness and religious righteousness is probably more heinous than um, even murder, you see. 
So all those need to be repented of. And as, as we repent of them and ask Jesus, humble ourselves before the Lord, bow our knee to him. He forgives us of all of our sins. And, you know, I'm reminded of the Apostle Paul, how he murdered the Christians before he was uh, struck down on the Damascus Road and brought to Christ. And, of course, he's one of the greatest apostles of the New Testament, writing two-thirds of the New Testament. And uh, probably the one that God gave him the mysteries of the New Covenant and the mysteries of the cross, he's the one that brings them out so clearly. So, uh, but just think of him, he was a murderer. Moses was a murderer. So uh, don't think that you've ever done something bad enough that uh, you can't be forgiven of sins. There is no such thing. You see, we are forgiven as soon as we humble our hearts and our, our knee and bow our knee to Jesus. You're forgiven of all your sins. And you have to take that by faith. You might not feel forgiven right away. And you might feel a little guilt. But basically the Holy Spirit will give you peace to know that you have forgiveness of sins. And we have assurance of heaven. We're assured that when we die, we, we don't have to hope that we'll go to heaven. We'll know. We have that assurance that through the blood of Jesus and the forgiveness of my sins, I know that I'm going to go to heaven when I die. I'm going to be with the Lord. To be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. And we have great peace. I always say there is no peace on earth unless it be in the, in the born-again Christian first. It will only be peace reigning inside of us first. Like the kingdom of God, Jesus said, does not come by observation, but it, the kingdom of God is within you and the Prince of Peace lives inside you. So, of course, he is our peace, so thankfully we're thankfully, and the hope of glory. Uh, and and uh, the next we're delivered from the hope of the glory of God, glorious bodily resurrection. That's our hope. Now through the cross, through the crucified body, Christ, who um, we are delivered from the root of sin, which is a satanic nature, which is Satan's sin nature. We're, it causes us to be dead to sin through his bodily death, burial, and resurrection, and we certainly covered that last time. Um, and if you've missed that, please do look this up on our website because it's a very important lesson that, um, that I gave last time. So um, uh, through the bodily, de bodily death of Christ on the cross, we are dead to sin. That Satan is the producer of our sins. We're dead to his power and his dominion. Not that we don't live in a world that is soaked with satanic um, substance. It is, you see. And yet we're still in a fallen body that's subject to uh, uh, disease and, and death, physical death. But yet our hope is that when we die, our spirit man will go and our soul will go to be with Jesus. And, um, and later, when Jesus returns, we will come back and we will have a glorified body. We're going to have the same glorified body that Jesus ha now has in heaven. Do you all realize that the, that the King and Lord of all the universe is a man? The man Christ Jesus. You see what he's done for man? And lifted us up. And put us in Christ Jesus through his resurrection. My goodness. I mean, when I start thinking of this, I just get overwhelmed. And I hope I never get over it. I hope it's always so 
outstandingly beautiful and wonderful to me that I just, it takes my breath away every time I think about it, that I am put into the second person of the Trinity, I'm put in Christ, raised together with Him, and put into Him in heavenly places. And Ephesians tells us we're seated with Him in heavenly places. That's where our authority is and our throne rights lie. We're going to talk about that later on in this presentation. But through His bodily death, we are dead to the producer of sins, which is Satan. He has no more dominion and power over us as long as we know we're under grace and not under law. Because if we're still under law, Satan will still be able to put us in a Roman 7. The things I want to do, I don't want to do. So we're going to talk about that too. My old self is crucified with Christ. And I think the New American Standard says that in Romans 6, 6. The, the um, King James says my... The old man was crucified with Christ, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Then it says, for he that is dead is freed from sin. So I always say, if you know you're dead with Christ, well, then you're free from sin. The way to be free from sin is to know that you're dead with Christ. You died with him and that you were raised with him. That's exactly what the Bible says. That's why I say we, the, Jesus was not a lonely savior there 2,000 years ago. We were in him at Calvary. And we were, we came out of the grave with him, and now we are seated with him in heavenly places. The Bible tells us that. And through his bodily death and resurrection, we, we have put off the body of sins. It says that. Wow. And uh, dead to law, because I am dead to a self-sufficient self. That's what we, we certainly need to know. That's what it means to be dead to the law. When you're dead to the law, you know that you're, from your humanity, you cannot, you do not have the power or the resources or the sufficiency to keep yourself, to live the life, to be the Christian you're meant to be. And so, I mean, it, the release comes when we realize we're really dead to the law. We're dead to outer laws that shouted us and so that outwardly we're able to, to perform from our own self-effort and so, from um, our sufficiencies. So when you know you're dead to the law, you know what Paul knew at the end of Romans 7, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me? Thank God through Jesus Christ I have been delivered. And of course, his deliverance happened at the cross. And the power of our deliverance is always, we go back to the cross and know that when Jesus was raised from the dead, you were raised from the dead and you have a brand new nature. And you're dead to the law. You're dead to all the shoulds and oughts that scream to us to be better, do better, and try harder, you see. And we just put it right on the indwelling Christ within us to say, He's my Lord, He's my Master, and I'm depending on Him wholly to keep me, to fulfill the law through me, to be everything I'm meant to be. And that's what it means to put on Christ. And because the Bible says in Colossians, we have put on the new man, and we have put off the old man with his deeds. So you take that by faith, even when you don't, even with the old, even when sinful deeds are still manifested, you take it by faith that your inner being, the inner spirit that you're really living from has already put off those evil deeds because you're, you're one with Christ and he has done that on your behalf. And you, as you stand by faith, the Holy Spirit will render that unto you and make that real to you and you will not any longer manifest those uh, sinful behaviors. Okay, it says uh, that through his bodily death, we ha 
He, we are cleansed from the sin consciousness, and that's very important. Sin consciousness is the how we say the church and the body of Christ is more sin conscious and uh, me conscious and me being wrong conscious than they are Christ conscious. So that's really a flesh consciousness. That's the mind of the flesh, and the mind of the flesh is death. And if you're still mindful that there's something you can do apart from the indwelling spirit within you um, and him producing those that righteousness through you then uh, you haven't come to the end of that and you're still thinking from the old man the new man will teach you exactly what the bible says that you already have put off the old man says that in colossians chapter 3 and you already have put on the new man it's not that you have to do it you have to recognize it's already done faith is always just possessing our possessions taking by faith what's already been accomplished at the cross. So therefore, it's not some kind of outer activity, but it's an inner response to faith, to what Christ has already done on my behalf. So that's chapter, that's um, chart number 14. And the last thing that it says on chart number 14 is God gives us a new identity and a new self, Christ uh, living inside of us. Now let's move on to the next um, chart, which is chart 15. It says, through the body death we are, and I'm going to reiterate again because this is so important. This, this, is, this is the good news to you. This is exactly what sets us free. And, uh, and this, these are the Bible proofs. These, this, this is our authority. Uh, we don't come up with these are not just our opinions, but this is exactly what the scripture says. Either you believe it or you don't. If you do, it's going to set you free. If you don't, you're still going to be bound up and left to your own self-sufficiency. So I advise you to believe what God says instead of what you think or what you might feel or what others have told you. You stand on what God has says. Romans 6, says, 6, 2 says that we are dead to sin. We did that. We died with Christ 2,000 years ago. We were baptized into his death and resurrection. So therefore, you're dead to sin. sin. You don't any longer have a sinful nature. Sin is a capital S. We read that before. The theologians even say this, that sin really is a noun in Romans 6 through 8. So it's saying you're dead to satanic Satan's nature within you, and you're also dead to the results of that satanic nature within you, which are sins. You're dead to those as well. Romans 7, 4 says that you're dead to the law. It says you're dead to the law because a dead man can't keep the law. If you know you, you're dead, then uh, there's no use you trying to keep the law. See, if, if, if you think you're still alive, you're going to still try to keep the law or try to be good or try to keep the Christian law or try to just love. I mean, the only law in the New Testament is to love. Okay, then try to keep that. Well, you can't. But the answer always lies in the fact that we have the lover within, which is Christ within, who is our love. And so we thankfully recognize that and draw from that sufficiency. Even though I don't like somebody and it's, it's okay not to like people. I don't like a lot of people. That's neither here nor there. That's really soul. And we're going to go into the difference between soul and spirit in this series as well. And I think you're going to really appreciate seeing the difference between soul and spirit because it will, it's, it's what really helps us become free. And, uh, but the Bible actually says you're dead to the law. So a dead man can't keep the law, but you're raised with Christ. So Christ is the keeper of the law within us, and he is our keeper. I always say I'm a kept woman. Are you kept? You have to say it by faith. 
Uh, Christ is there to keep you and he's bigger than you. You try to keep yourself and you'll fall every time. But you put your hands in the hand of the uh, hand of the universe that will hold you. And uh, my good friend Ron Block uh, wrote a song dedicated to me, actually. He uh, listened. Ron Block plays with Allison Krauss's band there in Nashville. And um, he composed a song that says, I'm not holding on to Jesus. He's holding on to me. And that, that song is, is a great song. And he dedicated that to me because... He heard some of my teaching and that he wrote that song from that teaching. So I'm thankful for that. Okay. Um, Colossians 2, 14 through 16 says that through the body death of Christ, that uh, the ordinances are nailed to the cross. So all the shoulds and oughts and uh, uh, the, the flesh ought to were all nailed to the cross. And, Col and Colossians 1, 22 says that we are made holy. Now, I want to read that because I think that's very, very important. Colossians 2, uh, uh, 1 actually brings out verse 20 and verse 22. Let me read these two verses. Here's the blood and body again. Okay. And have made, in pe and have made peace through the blood of his cross. Okay, that's the blood side. That's what we've been talking about. By him to reconcile all things to himself. By him, I say, whether they be things in, in earth or things in heaven. And you who were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind. That's why I say we have a fallen mind. We need to have the mind of Christ. And know we do if you're a Christian. By wicked works. Yet now hath he reconciled. Or, okay, he did that through the blood. Now, but in the body, in the broken body of his flesh through death. He was, he was made sin and through death. That he might present you holy unblameable, unreprovable in his sight. Why? Because through his resurrection, the Holy Spirit of God raised him from the dead. Actually, it says the glory of God raised Jesus from the dead. And the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead raises you to the newness of life. And so, therefore, you're a new creation and Christ is your holiness. So, the one that lives in you no longer have a satanic nature living in you. You have a divine nature of Christ. And Peter says that. I always love that. And let me turn to it real quick. It says, According to his divine power hath given unto us all things pertaining to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby he's given it even to us exceedingly and great and precious promises. For by these we might be partakers of the divine nature. So this is saying you have to take it by faith. Peter's saying that, and that's 2 Peter chapter 1. You have to take it by faith that you have the divine nature. Maybe you feel like, how could I have the divine nature? I'm still sinning. You Just like you had to take the blood of Jesus to forgive you of your sins, you have to now realize that through his bodily death, there was an exchange of natures, and, that, and you now have the new nature of Christ, which makes you a new creation. And you're a new creation. His spirit joined to your spirit, causes you to be a new creation and you have the divine nature within. Now you partake of that by faith. These precious promises are here in the Bible for you to take it. If you don't take it, it's not going to be a reality to you. If you take it by faith, it's going to then manifest as a reality. But there will be a warfare. There is a great warfare when as soon as a person starts declaring who they really are in Christ and starts standing in the truth of who they are, in Christ, and we already have put off the old man with with all his sinful deeds, 
And we already have put on the new man with all his righteousness. Bible says that in Colossians chapter 3. When you start declaring that, there will be a warfare. Satan will not give up easily. And he will tell you, he will lie to you, lie to you, to lie to you, to drag you back to who he says you are instead of who God says you are. See, Satan needs recognition. So does the Holy Spirit. You recognize what God says through the Holy Spirit and you'll be set free. You recognize what Satan says and you'll be more bound up than ever. So you, you take it by faith. All right. Now, through his bodily death, we're made holy. Okay, I didn't seem like I was very holy when I started declaring that, that I was whole, complete, lacking nothing, but through his bodily death. I mean, what are we doing? We're calling God a liar. Jesus didn't do enough. When Jesus was made sin, that didn't count for me. When he was raised in the, by the glory of God, that didn't count for you. You see, it does. So you take it. You drink it. You eat it. <laughs> you eat the book. And the devil will come against you on it. But you stand by faith in these truths that Christ has already set you free. Therefore, therefore stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has already set you free. And then... Then it will manifest as a living reality. You affirm the truth and God will confirm it in you. If you're, you're not hearing it on this program as confirmation, you'll hear it. You will hear it. God, I promise you, God will send you uh, confirmation. It will come in many, many ways. But you, you turn to your Bible, read these scriptures for yourself and decide for yourself what it's saying. See what Colossians 2 uh, three is saying and let me read it right it's colossians 3 9 it says this lie not one to another seeing that you have already put off the old man with his deeds when did you do that when you were crucified with christ and you've already put off all the the old man that's satan in you with all his sinful deeds that's been thrown into the lake of un, of uh, forgetfulness i call it with all of his deeds, which is the outer manifestation of sin, which are sins, and have put on the new man. You take that by faith. That's verse 10. And have put on the new man, which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that created him. Gives, and gives you a new mind so that you can your mind can be restored to the truth of what God says. Because that's where our dilemmas are. That's where the warfare is. The uh, I think uh, um, Jesse Penn Lewis wrote uh, the battle of the mind and that is really true and i think joyce myers is putting out a new booklet called uh, the enemies in our mind and that is the truth it's in our mind it's not that we still have the old nature but if he could make us think that we do and he does and we agree with it it's we're going to be living out a lie it's not the truth but we're not going to be walking in the truth and you won't be set free if you're not walking in the truth okay and and um our chapter 15, I mean, in our, in our chart 15, it says, uh, Hebrews 10, 1 to 2 says, he's cleansed you from a sin consciousness. And that's basically what the, what is man uh, um, chart, the very first chart is cleansed consciousness. And um, which he does, he cleanses our mind, renews our mind to the truth. That's what Romans 12 says. The only way you're going to be transformed is renewing your mind to the truth, the Bible says. Hebrews 4, 14, perfects forever them that are sanctified. Wow, I'm telling you, there's a friend of mine heard me on TV, and he had never heard me before. He heard me on TV, 
here in Louisville, and um, I quoted this verse, and of course, this is his favorite verse, and he said nobody else quotes it. It's verse 14 in chapter 10 of Hebrews, and let me read 10, 10 first. It says, by his will, and that means the new covenant will, we are sanctified through the offering of the body, there it is, the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And then it says in verse 14, for by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Hallelujah. One bodily death resurrection has perfected us. So he's, now people say, well, I'm not so perfect. I mean, are you saying that you're, you're never going to sin again? I'm saying this, it's not impossible to sin. Even Jesus could have sinned. Some of you might think that's blasphemous to say, but he could have. It, it, the, the Bible said he was without sin. It wouldn't have said it that way if he, if it was impossible for him to sin. It was possible. It was possible for Adam, and of course he did. But we know the sinless Jesus never sinned. He was made sin on our behalf, but he was not. He never did sin pers personally, have any sins. Never rebelled against God his Father. Thank you, Jesus. And really became obedient unto the death, even the death of the cross. Wow. What a Savior. Okay. So, um, uh, but he perfected forever them that are sanctified. So I always say perfection is knowing that you as the human earthen vessel doesn't have any sufficiency and is basically uh, a nothing, yet you're perfectly nothing because you, you're nothing in and of yourself. It's not that you're not a human being. It's not that you're not a self, but you're not a self-producing self. You're not a self-generating self. You're not a self for self, you see. You're a self, but you have nothing of your own. Nothing of your own. Lean not even on your own understanding. Lean not not, but in all your ways acknowledge Him. Acknowledge that He's the one that is my perfection. So if there's any perfection in me, it's knowing that I'm a perfect nothing, but I'm containing and expressing the perfect all the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. What else do we have, folks? What else are we going to do? Are we going to beat ourselves up the rest of our lives? Are we going to condemn ourselves and everybody around us? Are we going to live that way or are we going to rise up and live free in Jesus? Because he has certainly set us free. Let me finish this chart, 15. Ezekiel 36, 26 says that he will give us a new spirit. He'll put a spirit within us cause us to walk in his ways. That's the new covenant. The new covenant is he's going to put them in our hearts and in our mind, and he's going to cause us to walk in his ways because it's him himself living and having his being inside of us as the, as the new nature that we are united to us. We never become God, so don't ever say I'm saying that. We don't ever become Christ because we're his body. He is his head, but we better know that we're joined to the head. And we are the body. And the body, it says in Ephesians, is the fullness of him. So we, the body, are his fullness. We know he's our fullness, but he also, we also are his fullness. Wow. We need to, we need to come up to what we really have and, and take the inheritance that God has freely given us by his grace and by his love for us. You have been listening to The Liberating Secret with Sylvia Pierce. We want to send a special thank you to all our supporters who make this program possible. If you have been blessed by this program and would like to contact Sylvia, you can write her at P.O. Box 43268, Louisville, Kentucky, 40253. That's Post Office Box 43268, Louisville, Kentucky, 
1-800-242-4053. You can also find more of Sylvia's teachings on her website. The web address is www.theliberatingsecret.com. That's www.theliberatingsecret.com. And be sure to listen again right here Monday through Friday at the same time for The Liberating Secret with author and teacher Sylvia Pierce. So until next time, may God richly bless you.